Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? Fear the Talking Queer. Part 2. Two? Who's gonna do that? Sequels suck. We're back. Back, back, back again. Back rolls. <laughs> yes, back, back, back again for season two, bitch. Yes, Here we are. Bitch, Fear the Talking Queers, part two, the return. <laughs> the sequel, the squeakquel, all that. Ooh. Um, I'm I'm so excited that we're back. I mean, we didn't really take much of a break. No. But it's kind of it kind of feels like we did because it did. Obviously, yeah, like we had a couple weeks where we didn't do anything, which was kind of it was a needed break, I would say, right? Yeah, like a re- like a like a a moment of, you know, just refresh, rejuvenate. Oh, yes. Yes, we just needed a second to breathe. I mean, we were just cramming out the content for you, so uh um, it was nice for us to have a little chance to you know, spend time with our loved ones, enjoy the holidays. Yes. Aww. What did you do for the holidays? Oh, you know, uh, just I kind of stayed in my bubble, just hung out with my my dad um, and Joey, of course. And on Christmas, we watched Wonder Woman, which you know, that's right. Yeah, I um, liked it. You know how that? I think I enjoyed it more than you did. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I've seen it three times now. So that yeah. there's something to say about that. Because on long story short, on Christmas, we watched it on my dad's big 82-inch, you know, new big screen. Plasma. Great. <laughs> right. And then we went over to my grandma's later in that night. And they wanted to do like an... Like, my aunt went all out. And she got this, like... Um, screen like like a movie screen that they put in the backyard and they set, set up a projector and they had all these snacks and popcorn because my because my grand because my grandma loves going to the movies so of course this has been a sad time with covid that we can't go to the uh. movie theater um and so that was like her sort of gift from my aunt was to do this whole movie theater setup so then we got there we had picked a movie to watch and they're all like well we want to watch wonder woman and i'm like we literally just finished it and then <laughs> had to sit through that two and a half hour movie again right after we watched that it. Movie's and long. um it's fucking long. And but you know, I was happy to see my grandma happy because she she enjoyed it. She's uh she's always like vocal during movies. She's always like, ooh, ooh, you know, like an like an old Mexican grandma does, like when she's watching TV. Yeah. Like she's just she's very immersed. Uh, in the experience um, in the movie I love that yeah which which brings joy to my heart so even if I did have to watch it twice in one day I was happy to see my grandma happy yes and then um, and then I watched it again actually today with my roommate who hadn't seen it yet and while I was working on um, stuff for today it was just sort of playing in the background but um, yeah so I've seen it three times and then for New Year's just hung at home watched a Kylie Minogue concert oh okay because I'm gay <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you are? <laughs> yeah, I know. What a shock. Um, yeah, we did that. And then we just watched <laughs> New Year's Rockin' Eve until midnight. Oh, and shit. Um, Rock me to and sleep. went to bed. No, <laughs> oh, bitch. There were some hilarious moments. Oh, um, Cindy Lauper. Oh, God bless her. Somebody come get their, their drunk aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> and, you know, I love J-Lo. We love J-Lo. We stand J-Lo in this house. I still don't know her. Um, but her performance was 
interesting. <laughs> interesting. The concept was interesting. Okay. I don't understand. I don't completely understand where they were going with it. Like where where they were like J Lo, you're gonna do like a rock medley. Oh. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna take your songs and turn them into rock songs, and you're gonna sing Dream On by Aerosmith. That kind of seems like a trend right now, right? Because I remember like Doja right. Cat, like Doja Cat. performance. It was rock and it was dope. And then uh, right. Megan, when she performs Body, it has a very yeah. heavy metal sound. And uh, right. it's like, okay, but J-Lo. Hey, man. I know. I like, and you know what? I, I, I like. She didn't sound horrible, especially when she sang "Dream On," because that's a big song. Like, you know, and you know, there's a huge octave change in it, like from like that, like all that moment that happens. Oh, in that song, yeah. And so, but I think the lower half of the song, so like the first part of it, was too low for her. So she sounded really weak singing this rock song. And then once she got, you know, she did the octave jump. She was ki- she killed it because she has a really strong mix. She's not a bouncer, but she can mix really well, and um, so she killed that part. But then, it, but it was just sort of awkward up until that point because it was like, you don't got like, what's she doesn't have the voice for rock music, right? Yeah, I don't know. She anyway, doesn't that's... have the voice for any music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you I'm know what kidding. she I what I admire most about J Lo singing is that she is constantly trying to up her game. <laughs> trying to sing. You know what I'm saying? No, she's constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she like is always trying to improve her voice. She's like fifty she years is. old, and she still, you know, she sounds better now than she did back in nineteen ninety nine. You know, you know, my favorite J Lo performance is actually this her Celia Cruz tribute. Oh yeah, see, yeah, Fucking which is great at tributes. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so what did you do for the holidays? Oh, okay. So yeah, I stayed within my bubble, my mom's family, Andre's right. family, and we kind of just wash, rinse, repeat for right. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's. Um, and then otherwise, we've just been, you know, staying at home, like they want us to. Right. <laughs> um, and yes, Wonder Woman eighty four, which I actually I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any issues with it. Well, there were issues, but you know, I know right. that you were more like. Mm, I mean, here's the thing: I can watch the movie because it's Wonder Woman, and I I love the first film. I love Gal Gadot. I like I got you know, and I was really super impressed with Kristen Wiig. Who I oh, thought yeah. she, I thought she great. nailed it, and you know I think that they did just like a disservice to her by not making her the main villain, and you know because I think her her yeah. story is way more interesting than than Max Lord's story, and I hope because I know Patty Jenkins has like teased it that um, she'll be back in the the Wonder Woman three that is now being rush ordered since Wonder Woman eighty four is now the the most successful streaming film of the year. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. Fingers for I would that. love to see her come back and reprise that role because she did great. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. What else did I watch? Uh, Selena the TV series, of course. Yeah, yeah, I watched I that. Yeah, um, right. And then, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, uh, Greenland. Um, it's a disaster movie. Have you seen the previous for it? <laughs> no, but I really dislike disaster movies. <laughs> I know. I do. Well, no, I don't. I don't because I actually enjoy San Andreas and Twister and stuff like that. But um, <sighs> it was actually surprisingly well done. Who's in that one again? Gerard Butler. Yes. Okay. All right. That, so, that, tra- that no. tracks. That seems like where his yeah, career is yeah. right now. 
Like, yeah, oh, you're gonna it, you're gonna do it, this disaster film. It Gerard. turned out a lot better than I anticipated, and so oh, I was good. really I was pleasantly surprised, and right, I was totally into it. I was cringing, right? And, you know, not cringing in a bad way, but like you know, like ugh, tense. Right, totally. <laughs> you were into it. One of the things that I watched, which I really enjoyed, was uh, the prom. Starring oh, yes. uh, Queen Meryl Streep, you know. Um, yeah, all hail no, the queen. I, yeah, all hail the queen. Um, <laughs> I thought it was super fun, super well made. Um, I think it's a really successful transfer from Broadway to screen sometimes. Totally. That, you know, doesn't translate very well. But um, I thought this one did an amazing job. It was very, you know, it had a very Ryan Murphy stamp on it. Like, let's yes. be clear, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't. It didn't bother me, and I, and I thought the story was important and well done. And I loved Nicole Kidman; she was so cute. And Keegan Michael Key blew me away; almost made me cry with his little number about how important yeah, he theater did really is. Good, yeah, yeah. So I'm overall just super impressed with. Um, with the prom and I had a friend in it which was really fun it was fun to see her in it dancing her little butt off you know you told me about that when I was watching it because I was texting you as I was watching it yeah and then you were like it's at the end and then like I turned it off before that part <laughs> came on I was like oh wait <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no she yeah it was my friend Bailey was one of the dancers in it so that was really awesome to see her so all in all I approve of the prom if you haven't watched it yet go watch it great one thing that we've been watching too is the movie that we're doing today yeah i've watched it plenty of times now which (laughs) is which is uh the 2020 release of freaky yes starring vince vaughn and katherine Yes, not Miley Cyrus, as uh, she kind of looks like to me. <laughs> what? Part of- really? <laughs> I thought, yeah, literally. I think she, she just reminds me of, like, Hannah Montana. <laughs> uh, maybe the friend. What was her name? Hannah's friend. Oh, yeah. Lily. Yeah, Lily. Yeah. <laughs> I like her. Oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I she just has. I can't help but when I see Catherine Newton, think of when she was in Bad Teacher. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, as that as that little princess bitch girl. Yeah. She's like a little actress or something. They want to fly me to Milwaukee for Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee. Oh my. Oh my god. So dumb. I just think of her from. Uh, she played Reese Witherspoon's daughter in Big Little Lies. That's the first thing I'd seen her in. Oh, she's okay. great in that. She's like, yeah, a weird arc, but she's good in that. I really like she her. also carries the movie for Paranormal Activity. Oh my god! I don't think I ever made it that far in those. No, which They're is not fine. good. None yeah, of them no. are. not even I'm, the first one. I'm not so. bothered. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, we're, one of the things that we're really excited about this season two that we're doing is that we're going to try to switch up our format a little bit because we attempted this at the beginning of um, creating this podcast. And, you know, it, there, it's all the learning experience. Yeah. And also we are a little lazy. So, you know, we started... We used to have plot synopsis before, you know, all written out before we recorded together and we were able to like, you know, sort of riff off of that. But then Zhuzh it up. Yeah, but then we sort of fell into a lazy habit of mm, we'll just write and record the synopsis after the episode is recorded. So um, we're gonna try to, you know, <laughs> be a little more present. Um, and yeah. 
and uh, back to basics. Yeah, back to <laughs> basics, and we're gonna go through the movie with you um, point by point. And so here we go. Wish us luck. Yeah. Oh, and spoiler alert, because oh. I know that not everybody paid twenty dollars to watch this. Movie. That's just that's true. This movie is still on video on demand and costs twenty bucks. So um, if you haven't spent the money on it yet and you don't want any spoilers, pause it, rent the movie, then watch it, and then come back. Yeah, and I actually went to the movies to watch this, actually. Ooh, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) And got COVID. Ah, It was very safe. (laughs) Okay, good, 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 good. All right, so why don't we just dive right into this? I think this is going to be an extra long episode, so let's just go. Freaky, released in 2020, directed by Christopher Landon, written by Michael Kennedy as well as Landon. Our film begins on the ever-so-eerie night of Wednesday the 11th. A group of teenagers having a nighttime hangout at a mansion sit around a fire pit as one boy, Evan, tells the urban legend of the Blissfield Butcher. According to his girlfriend, Ginny, the Blissfield Butcher is a serial killer whose legend centers around high school homecoming week as he supposedly killed a bunch of teenagers in the 90s during that time, and the rest is all local legend. Another couple, Sandra and Isaac, go traipsing around the house and discover an ancient knife in a glass case called La Dola. Isaac continues to explore the basement of the mansion, which houses many ancient artifacts in search of booze. However, he's quickly off by our masked killer, played by Vince Vaughn, with a wine bottle down the throat and Sandra's toilet seated to death. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, horny couple Ginny and Evan have sex until the butcher shows up stabbing Evan in the head with a tennis racket and chasing Ginny into the house. Spears are thrown, a secret passage in the closet is utilized, but Ginny ultimately meets her demise when the butcher impales her on a spear stuck in the wall. He begins to hear voices drawing him towards the ancient knife. When Ginny's parents return home, they find the slaughterhouse as well as the stolen knife. And then we get the title card, Freaky. Yeah, so this movie yes. is off to a freaking start, man. A slaughterhouse, literally. So, right. I kind of like this opening because I think it really points out all like the tropes that it's going to be. That the, the, yes. there are going to be a lot of tropes in this film that it's going to recognize, and um, I think this is a good way to start off. Yeah, and I think we already know what we're getting right away because the first title card we see it says Wednesday the 11th and it's kind of in that Friday the 13th font right so we're kind of already getting into the mood of like what to expect just based on that right also the fact that it's Friday or you know what is it Uh, Wednesday the 11th you know that's obviously a direct homage to Friday the 13th yeah seriously (laughs) which which is great Um, you know so then we you know we have these like asshole kind of rude teenagers. Of course, just, yeah. You know, drinking, having sex, or sort of breaking all the rules right off the bat. Right away. You know? <laughs> and uh, and then, which ultimately leads to them all being murdered in the first few minutes of this film. Yeah. You know, I think that... Um, the, the strongest moment in this is them kind of telling the story of the Blissfield Butcher, just so, so yeah. that we're kind of, oh, it's very brief and we never explore it again. So it's like, it's nice to at least have that for a moment. I know that one person said on Instagram when this came out that they're like, I love the scream setup where it's like, you think that these people are going to be the leads and then they die. I'm like, what? What? No, that's wrong. <laughs> that's not this at all what obvious. happens in scream. <laughs> 
they're obviously gonna die. <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, uh, maybe you need to rewatch Scream, whoever said that, but... Um, I think they were thinking, like, Drew Barrymore, like, you thought she was gonna be the lead, and then she died. I'm like, but Drew Barrymore's not in this, and neither is... <laughs> Sure, maybe in like 1996 when that movie came out. Maybe that's what, the, but I think at this point we know. Like, yeah, that's and this movie case. definitely is formulaic. Like, it's like. Oh, absolutely. Very predictable. And no, so, it's, yeah, it's not breaking any new grounds as far as like <laughs> narrative, but I mean, it, uh, it does, yeah, but it's sort of fun watching these things that we know so well play out in front yeah. of us. Obviously, the, if the formula works, it works. And it works. To, to me, and it, it does work. Yeah, and uh, totally. The kills are brutal. Oh my god, I wrote the exact <laughs> same thing. I said these kills are brutal. Um, there was something very Kevin Bacon-ish about the wine bottle to the throat. <laughs> Ke- oh, oh, like, the Friday the like you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. You know what? That death actually does happen in another movie, um, Sorority Row, the remake. The character of Chugs. Uh, yes. She, you know, she goes and has a really weird, inappropriate encounter with her therapist, and then. Um, the killer shoves the bottle of champagne down her throat. So I was like, yeah. is this a direct, you know, which is sort of an interesting yeah. homage to make since that movie is technically not like a classic by any means, or maybe they just hoped like nobody has seen Sorority Row <laughs> and yeah. was, and wouldn't m- make the comparison. But it's still a cool death. I mean, my God, we have people you stabbed did. all the time. <laughs> uh, I did. Right, right. You know, the toilet seat, toilet seat into oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, every time, both times that I've seen this now, I'm like, with every hit, I'm like, oh my god, and gross, (laughs) talk about getting fucking a sick illness, my god. Yeah. If she didn't die from that, she's gonna die from, I don't know, licking the toilet seat. Fucking germs, yeah. No, (laughs) (laughs) and then the tennis racket death, I think that that escalates it to a point where it's like, okay, this is beyond our realm. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I know, and I think that it, it, I think that is important because it sets up that this is definitely like a cartoony sort of tone we're, we're doing. Yeah, campy, cartoony. Like this is in no way based in reality. Like there's no possible way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously. There's something very Friday the Thirteenth ish about that one too. Like a like kind of like a sports equipment death. And uh, right. I, I wish I was more well versed in the Friday the Thirteenth films. So I could probably like cite a death, sure. and, you know, but I can't. <laughs> but, I can't, but I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And um, to be honest, I gotta say that this character of Ginny, like she has very little time on screen with us, but I will say that I think I prefer her character rather than the character of Ryler that we meet later. Like, she seems like she would have probably played this character, that character, yeah, the bitch character a little more than I, a little better, I would say, than um, Uh, actress who plays Ryler later on, which we'll get to Yeah, she did a a great job, especially in that sex scene with her boyfriend when she's like, no. Yeah, she's like, like, it's a vagina, not an all-night (laughs) drive-thru. Yeah, I came, and so, oh well. (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right, so do you want to keep going? Yeah. All right. So Thursday the 12th, we are introduced to our heroine, Millie, played by Catherine Newton, a mousy blonde teenager who lives with her grieving mother, Coral. Uh, (laughs) Is that her name? Her name is Coral. (laughs) No, I just made that up. I just thought it was really beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, she needs a name, Coral. (laughs) (laughs) That's her name. 
<laughs> and her resentful police officer sister, Char. As they attempt to have a normal breakfast, Coral tries to discourage Millie from attending the homecoming dance by taking her to see a regional theater production of Wicked, <laughs> which, by the way, is not a thing. <laughs> no, I had to. Po- I should point this out. Wicked yeah. is not available to be licensed by regional theaters yet. It is still on Broadway, and there's still a national tour. So that. So I guess if in maybe in this other world, we've already established this. Obviously, does not take this- place in this realm. Um, I guess fantasy Jake. Yes. I guess wicked (laughs) clothes on Broadway. I guess these people didn't like it or something. And, um, (laughs) and now it's being played at a community theater or something in the anus theater. Yeah. The anus theater in blissville. Is that what it's called? Blissville. Yeah. Blissfield. (laughs) Blissfield. (laughs) Oh God. Maybe I should watch this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. I didn't know the lady's name was Coral. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Um, Char wants her sister to have a normal teenage experience and clashes with her mom over the decision. Millie heads to school where she is met by her two best friends, Nyla, played by Celeste O'Connor. I want to say Celeste (laughs) O'Connor. Why do you want to say that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds like something that was Celeste (laughs) O'Connor. Yeah. And Josh, played by Misha Oshirovich. Wait, what? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Who also try to encourage Millie to attend the dance, especially since her crush will be in attendance. Nyla clues us in that Millie's father died a year ago and that she has been living her life for her mother instead of living her own life. We then meet school mean girl Ryler, played by Melissa Colazzo. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, this, this whole cast is like the cast of uh, fucking the Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryler stops by Millie's locker solely to make fun of Millie's outfit and Coral's job at Discount Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> Why would she do that? <laughs> I, I would I, ever so. Um, in Millie's woodshop class, we meet her asshole teacher, Mr. Bernardi, as well as her crush, sensitive high school jock Booker, played by Uriah Shelton. When she is late to class, Booker encourages Millie to set her watch five minutes ahead so she'll never be late again. Mr. Bernardi, continuing his general assholiness, <laughs> humiliates Millie in front of the class for not having a class presentation finished early. Just then, the whole school is notified of the murder of their fellow classmates. All right. So now we've sort of been introduced to our core cast of characters, right, at this point? Yes. So we have um, pretty much uh, kill fodder is what I would call them. They're just (laughs) these characters. Filler filler queens. Yeah, like filler queens. Like these are literally characters that are so, they're just, they don't have any good aspects to them. You know, they're, uh, they're pretty much destined to be, you know, murdered by later on in the film it seems to me like in like in general in this film that if you're an asshole you're probably going to die in this movie right off the bat right and i do sort of i don't i don't want to say like i have a problem with that but i do think that it kind of loses a bit of suspense in the film like we're never i honestly was never worried watching this film that any of her friends were gonna die yeah, I'm no, like me no, I was like, well, there's like a there's like a one moment that we'll get to where I'm like, is are they gonna die? But you know, right? I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't feel like this like 
the stakes are very high as far as like who's going to make it out and who's not. I think it's pretty right. clear like we have these characters that are very rude, mean, assholes, bullies. They're going to be the ones killed and all the ones that are fr- friends of uh Millie are going to stay alive because then they'd have then they have to, Yeah, yeah, probably and also <laughs> like then they'd have to deal with their, their their sweet character having severe trauma that her friends or her mother or her sister are dead and I don't think that they ever intended for that you know i feel like this movie is destined to have like a happy ending because it is based on something like freaky friday right where yes you know when when which is sort of like a morality tale of some sorts where you're like live your life a day in someone else's shoes and then once you switch back you appreciate you know what what the other (laughs) goes through and you know and then we're all a big happy family afterwards and so i i think because they based on that they knew they couldn't just you know they need the central characters right because the moral of the story is supposed to have like a like a a lesson learned at the end. Yeah, like kill all the rude people in your life and move on. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're an asshole, you're gonna die. Uh, if you're nice, you'll probably make it out. Yeah, <laughs> there is this kind of cool thing. Even though this is like campy and like over the top and kind of stock, you know, you know, formulaic. Sure. Um, where there's and this I think came from the book of Scream, where there's this added depth to family the family dynamic with totally. the dad having passed away just right. one year ago. Like, my God, how many... Yeah, they always have, like, single parents. Like, there's always, like, some family <laughs> drama that they've gone through. They've moved to a new town mm-hmm. or they, you know, something... There's always yes. that, you know. Element of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fresh, a fresh wound. Yeah, fresh like. wound. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the mom who's an alcoholic, which I thought was kind of dealt with in a cool way like you know it's kind of like you just see the bottle in the trash she's not like fucked right up, you know? sure absolutely she's not like milling hungry <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, she, yeah she's not like uh like a drunken mother i think she's coping and i think yes. they, they i think they do a good job of not making her um like over the top and they're like, she, you know, and I think she, in, in that she's not neglectful of her child, really, even though there's a moment coming up where she might, you know, be neglectful to a point. But I mean, she, she might be harming her children. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, she's not like an abusive alcoholic. She's just somebody who's coping with the death of her husband. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, people, you know, deal in different ways. So. Yes. So I have a question for you, um, because you've just recently seen the Woodsboro Town Square in right. person in yes. Healdsburg, California. Yeah. Do, do you don't you feel like this town feels oh like my Woodsboro? God. Yes, literally. I was like, wait, is it, if there if that centerpiece that fountain wasn't the wasn't different? I was like, oh, this is filmed there. It literally it looked has the to same. Be Healdsburg. Yeah. It totally looks the same. Like, I was like, this town feels like Woodsboro. Like, from right. Scream 1, not Woodsboro, Scream 4. Right, right, right. Canada. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. No, no, totally. I literally thought that. I was like, this literally looks like that Woods- Woodsboro, you know, town square area. Yeah. No. Yeah, it totally does. Which I like, of course. Because of course. That, I love that imagery. I love it. Yeah, I like no. Blitzfield. Right, and maybe maybe it was intentional. They maybe they were like, "This is another one of our homages," because this this film is just filled with with uh, references to other films. You know, the films that came before yeah. it and inspired it. And, um, yeah, I think yes. it's always a cool nod when you can find those things when you're a fan and you can really look for those and find those. You know, 
call right. callbacks. Oh, totally. So Josh mm-hmm. is a fear of the talking queer. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. He is totally. He would um definitely have a place at the table here. I would think. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I absolutely love uh, the character of Josh from the very beginning to <laughs> the very end. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think that they... Okay, and this might be... A, I don't know if this is a writing thing or a performance aspect, but I feel like Josh is almost like the star of the Friends versus yeah, the other I mean, one. What's her name? <laughs> exactly. No, I... Yeah, I don't think she's given as many, like bold characteristics i think that she i think they kind of make a thing about her being kind of like the word police she's like maybe a little bit politically correct sure like a little bit of a social justice warrior which i'm like okay all right but i don't know it's not it's not as distinct as i mean mean, obviously he's gay like that's you know a huge thing about (laughs) you know something that they really you know bash into our faces um, but I, I, yeah, he, I think he gets more standout moments character wise than she does. Yes. Yeah, totally. She has so, so many good moments and she just kind of has like banter. Sure. She's like, like the, she's like the straight man and he's the, the gay man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. He like lands the punchlines. Um, I do think I do like his character. I think sometimes it gets a little cringy and not because he's gay, just some writing things to me get a little cringy. The black wiener line yeah you know what you know i'm saying it's like they sort of like giving him lines to say that you know what they think young gay people talk like which maybe they do and i have no problem the fact that he's like (laughs) that he's like like a femme character either like i love that because because that 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 is a character when i was younger i would have loved to see in a film you know in a movie a a horror film especially yeah to like you know to fully relate like i feel like gay men always relate to the final girl yeah you know in in a true. way but um so it's so nice that um younger horror fans can now see see a a gay character that they could possibly relate to um yeah which i love but um so like just some weird writing things are kind of weird to me about him but overall i do really like his character i think that he is funny and yeah. to- totally reminds me of us. Yeah, Porcelain Pete reminds them of us too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I guess it um, is what it is. <laughs> so you don't like Ryler? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I mean, I don't. I don't think she is a particular standout by any means. I don't think she's sort of even written really well. You know what I'm yeah, saying? She's like, like stock bitch character. Right, literally. But she's like not bitchy enough. But I don't know. She like yeah. comes up. Like she, we have like two weird moments. Like we have the first moment where she comes up and she sort of rags on, on Millie's clothes. And, and like has her posse of girls. And then we don't see her again until later, which we haven't gotten to yet. But we're all of a sudden she's like, I'm a gossip queen. Tell me everything. And I'm like... I don't know. Like, there's a, yeah. I don't think I, there's I, a consistency in her character. I kind of feel like, and well, actually, I guess we'll get into it with the with the next section. So I'll right. just pa- put a, put a pause on Ryler. Right. Um, what do you think about Booker? Uh, cute. yeah, he's cutie. <laughs> he's a cutie. It's nice that they made like the jock not stupid. That's nice. yeah, and you he's know, sweet. He, he's sweet. He's sensitive, and I think you know he likes Booker Mil- Strode. 
Yeah, Booger Strode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Obvious reference to Lori. Um, and Lori yeah. No. <laughs> Lori Beth Denberg. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> No, I love that he's like sweet and, he, and nice, and you know, Millie has this horrible moment where her teacher is so over the top ridiculous oh towards her. Okay, can I tell you? I literally had a teacher. His name was Mr. Brown. He worked at Hogan High School in Vallejo, California. I don't care. I'm putting him on blast. <laughs> he was just like Mr. Bernardi, just like him. Oh my One God. time, he literally told me that I had no future, that I was going to end up behind a 7-Eleven eating dog food out of a can with a stick next to a dumpster. Oh I'm not God. kidding you. He literally said that to me. Is he a psychic? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I quit. No. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a good one. I totally set you up for that. I'm so pissed. <laughs> um, no, uh, that's horrible. What the hell? Why? Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. I don't know. I don't know. And everybody I know loved him as a teacher. I don't know what it was about me. Just, Maybe he was jealous. Oh my God. Totally jealous. Because you were yeah. fly, sexy, cute. Yeah, crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, he couldn't handle it, Mama. So I'm sorry, right. but I—that's crazy it, to me. I mean, I, I've never seen like I've never seen a teacher act like this ever. Like this is horrible. Like this is abuse. Yeah. What he what he does, like yeah, and like targets horrible. Millie, which is so strange because she's not like a horrible person. Like, why are the adults bullying her? That's He's crazy. Clearly, like a chauvinist because he. He puts the male students on a pedestal and then right. he's like, treats Millie like a sack of shit. I'm like, right. ew, I would literally fucking report him, which is what I should have oh, done. To totally. Mr. I don't know why she hasn't. He's an, he's a crazy asshole. Like, humiliates her, tries to like call her out for not having her project done early. She's like, uh, I'm scheduled for this day. He's like, well, you're unprepared. Well, it's like, well, no, what the fuck? No, that's not how this works. Uh, that's like, yeah. ugh, I hate that. Taking it's advantage disgusting. of children. I know. Yes, and I had I had flashbacks. So I was like, oh, kill him. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't we keep going? <laughs> Millie, Nyla, and Josh reconvene to discuss the deaths, and Josh insinuates that it's the work of the Blissfield Butcher. Later that night at the homecoming football game, Millie is berated by her classmates for being the school mascot, the Blissfield Beaver. After the game, after the game, Millie waits for her mother to pick her up, who is unfortunately incapacitated by too much wine and is asleep on the sofa. Shar calls Millie to inform her when Millie's phone dies, leaving her stranded and alone as the stadium is completely empty. As she waits for her sister, she notices the butcher across the street, who begins to go straight for her. Millie flees into the stadium where she's unable to run away fast enough in her beaver costume. The butcher catches her and raises the ancient knife, Ladola, to stab her in the shoulder, and the world around them melts away to reveal them on top of an ancient Aztec pyramid. When the butcher stabs Millie, they're transported back to reality. The butcher also experiences the same wound he just gave Millie in his shoulder. Char shows up, shoots her gun, and scares the butcher away. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, so this is like the the moment where it happens. This is how we explain how they switch bodies. 
Yes. What do you think yes. of it? Do you, do you think it's like an interesting way to do it? I think it is really cool. I do. I think it's better than the fortune cookie in Freaky Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I will give you that. And I'm sure that like we'll get to it about Ladola and it's, you know, it's backstory. But I right. think this is really cool. I thought it was a really unique kind of, you know, mythology to throw in there. Sure. Um, and so and then you kind of, you know, are able to that whole scene where he stabs her and then like you said, the world melts away. Right. It, that was really well done. I was like, this Oh is yeah, really no, I, cool. I really like that. That's probably my favorite effect in the whole film. I think it's really effective. Yeah, it's really cool. It sort of doesn't really like a hundred percent make sense to me because we find out later that it's like the knife is used for sacrifice. But I'm like, okay, wait. So what? What sacrifice? If you stab somebody and you turn into them, uh, what? Uh, Maybe it's just it's like uh, you know what I'm saying. It's like a little confusing the mythology around Ladola. Like, what is this? What is the purpose of this knife? Like oh, switching people's right. You know what I'm saying? There's a loophole in it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a plot hole in this. It's like, okay, this knife is used for ritual sacrifice, but then I stab somebody and I switch bodies with them. I don't know. That doesn't really fully make sense to me, but whatever. The, like the a script... skeleton key type of effect. Sh- sure, right, right. <laughs> but you know what the script says? She gets stabbed in the shoulder and then they switch bodies. So what can I do? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing else I can do. There's nothing else. The script says so. So, you know, it is what it is. So but, this section of the movie gives way to one of my favorite lines when Josh comes into the theater where they hang out and he goes, oh, oh my yeah. God, it's a slaughterhouse. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's something you would absolutely say if you walked in. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, if this was happening in my town, that's what I would say. Oh my God. It's a slaughterhouse. <laughs> I know. Also, I do think it's really strange that like, I don't know. I feel like they give it away too quickly that like, oh, this is the work of the Blissfield butcher. There's literally like two lines in that whole scene after the slaughterhouse line where they're like sitting yeah. there and he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, well, they're like, who could have done this? He's like, oh, the Blissfield butcher. And they're like, why? They're like, well, four teens are dead. Oh, sounds like it to me. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like, accept it. Yeah. I like, know. Okay. This is the, the weird part to me where it's like, why did they even talk about this in the beginning of the movie? Right, exactly. It's like all these like series of coincidences. Yeah. Like, all these I'm kids like, are always the, talking about this. The Blissfield Butcher is sort of like an urban legend, but then right. he's also very real. Real? And so I'm yeah. like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, is he real or is he a legend? Is the is the fact that he killed a bunch of kids in the nineties the only true part and everything I guess everything that's come after is urban legend? Yeah, I don't like know. almost okay. I would kind of equate it to growing up where I grew up in Vallejo, where we had the Zodiac Killer, and it was like this is where he lives, and he also killed, you know, the you know, and he's still on the loose, and it's like, okay. Right. So I kind of equate <laughs> it to that, but but also like, but yeah, like you said, it's like so quickly that they make the assumption like it's the Blissfield Butcher, and they're like, oh yeah, and that's duh, who we're on the hunt for. Right, exactly. I don't know. It seems a little too easy. Like, uh, 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 people kill people all the time. I mean, you know what I mean? But it's like, almost like we should have come into the movie with him already having killed a bunch of people. Right, exactly. Like, he's killing people already. He's on. He's at large. He's at large. But, We're specifically looking for him. But the fact that the first kills are the first of his murder spree, and then they just all of a sudden assume as if there's no other person in this entire town who could have murdered yeah. people. I don't know. Seems a little... 
It's a little flimsy to me. But. And did he just lie dormant until? <laughs> yeah. He just hey, he just in his little lair, you know, stringing up cats. It's like I'm decorating. Coming 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That seems like a good year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just sort of threw my uh, dart at the you know calendar and it landed on 2020. So. Yeah. So this is also what I was going to say about Ryler. Back to Ryler. Press play on Ryler. Oh, yeah. um, she, I do like this layer of her character where she's like uh, trying to make it seem like she was friends with the characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? You're right. You, you know what I mean? About where scene. she's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's so sad. And, like, she's trying because we know those. Like, I've seen that. Like, first. Right. Totally. Like, but people that's. People who try to be the victim off of somebody else's death. Sure, which which is uh, I think a really clear reference to Heather's. Yeah, Because that's exactly what Heather Duke does in, um, in Heather's when Heather Chandler dies. All of a sudden they're like going through all the news channels and Heather Duke is on the TV talking about how, how much she, you know, how much she loved Heather and whatever, whatever. And then the, uh, the, yes. uh, there's like another girl who says something about how much she loved Heather and Veronica's like, that's not true. You hated her. Like, so I don't know. Yeah. So oh, I think- this, and then this one, their explanation as to how, like, they knew that she hated Ryler, the one of the girls, I mean, it was Jenny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she got that rumor that she got a carrot stuck in her vagina. In, in her pussy. That's what he says. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh. Yeah. So that, the, and then the word, and the word police, Nyla, she was all, don't say that word. <laughs> Fine, which I, vagina. which I, yeah, which I do know people who um, really hate that word. So it's a it, it's a it's a it's aggressive. It's a con- <laughs> it's a controver- controversial one for sure. Pussy like cock to me. Pussy like, not for everyone. Guard, I'm like, oh, or like cock. Or like titties. <laughs> Do you like titties? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say titties. <laughs> I'm gonna say you like that word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my but, god. Shall we keep going? Wait. Let me see. Oh wait a minute. Okay. So the mom. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, this is where her drinking becomes a problem. Yes, it does. Because she's in a coma. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's, she she, she, she drinks herself to sleep. I mean, you know, she's obviously. And is she watching Millie something for on dead. TV? She's uh, there's the TVs playing. She can't yeah. hear her phone. She's sleeping. Um, but it's like literally, there's a killer on the loose. Right, <laughs> and I know he's that's, targeting teenagers. <laughs> right, that's pretty neglectful of her to just get all get sloshed on wine and then uh, but leave also, her poor daughter to, there to, to die. Millie, there. It's like, why would you wait that long? You're a high schooler. You should know by now. <laughs> yeah, like take but, care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, she. Yeah, she just sits there and waits. I think she just assumes that her sister's gonna come get her. I'm like, why are you waiting that long? I would have called Josh or Nyla and like, they n- my mom didn't come. Can you get back? Pick me up. I know. Yeah, no way. And also, we in the scene we get um, the friendship handshake, which comes into play later between them. So um, yeah, that's good to know in this section. I would say. Okay, so the next morning, Millie awakes. Only something is off about her. She is not, in fact, Millie. 
Her body is now inhabited by the butcher. As the butcher takes in his new suburban surroundings and teenage girl body, Coral attempts to make up for sleeping through the previous night's events by making an enormous breakfast for <laughs> Millie, <laughs> turning the kitchen into an IHOP. Yeah. Smells like a fucking Denny's in here. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the butcher ends up shoveling it in his mouth. Simultaneously, in another part of town, Millie wakes up in the body of the butcher, who sleeps in a dilapidated building covered in strung up dead animals. It is, in fact, Friday the 13th. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, while Millie, as the butcher, fends off junkies and <laughs> screaming townspeople, the butcher, as Millie, gets ready for school, ditching her homely wardrobe for a fierce leather look. <laughs> the butcher walks into the school, giving Millie a new strength and confidence. Ooh, I love that moment. I do too, with the cancer. Yeah. Which is again Obviously another yeah, reference. Heather. Yeah. Heather's reference. Heather's. <laughs> Who the fuck is Heather? Who the fuck is Heather? <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> I no, I I love that. I think it's like we talk about this all the time, but it's really not a teen movie if there's not a slow motion walking sequence. And I like how they were right. able to incorporate it into this movie. And yeah. And it's she, it's well done. Yeah, totally. Um so this is our first our first moment where we get um, Vince Vaughn's, I think, face. I don't think we've seen. Oh, did, I guess we saw it when he stabbed her. Yeah, when he get when and when he gets Ladola in the beginning, right, he right, takes right, off right. that mask. So yeah. don't listen to anything I just said. But Vince yeah. Vaughn. But this is like the first time we get to see um, Vince Vaughn as Millie, and I honestly think he is so good in this. Yeah, he plays Millie better than Catherine Newton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, <laughs> there's something just so sweet and endearing about him as Millie. I just love it. Like, literally brings a smile to my face when I think about it. I don't know why. Just something about Vince Vaughn already just, just always makes me smile. I don't know what it is. I really enjoy really? Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I don't know. I why. do like I do like Vince Vaughn. Re- well, remember how much we talked about him in our Psycho episode? Oh yes, and that <laughs> big fat booty of his <laughs> <laughs> running up the stairs of the yeah. house. Yes, um, kill me, daddy. Yes, I know. This is his like third time playing a serial killer, apparently. Um, yeah. So typecast, but um, right. No, I love him as Millie. I think that first scene when he wakes up in, in like the old mill or whatever. And uh, has that first interaction with that junkie is so funny to me. Oh my god! And he's like, "Do you have any jelly beans?" And she's like, "What?" Just like obviously doesn't know the junkie slang. But I also yeah. think what's really fun about this scene is that, of course, like I like the idea of like where does the serial killer sleep at night? What does he do? Like, yeah, where does he live? And- and they did make his, you know, lair, if you will, yeah. um, sort of cartoonish. And it's set up, you know, the mannequins and the right. strung up animals, which, uh, but again, like this movie totally goes for it because oh, we're yeah. getting, like full like animal murder. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that all the dead. Hey, but they they stayed true to what they say about serial killers, which it always starts with animals. Animals. It always starts with animals. That is a thing. And yeah. um, no, so obviously that's what he does in his free time. <laughs> <laughs> my my love when the crackhead goes, I'll suck your dick. Oh, that's all right. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll suck your dick. That, that, that part is so all good. Of it. <laughs> all of it. 
and I, and I don't know why, but my mind just totally went there. So I was like, oh my God. I'm like, probably because like, you know, if somebody else were doing this, they would probably only like rim around the head. <laughs> you are right. Absolutely. I'll suck your dick. All of it. All of it. Yeah. What <laughs> I'll is go all past of it? the head. Yeah. Like what has it, like, has it happened before already? Has he been like kind of prudish about it? Oh. Like I won't go all, I won't do all of it. I don't know. Maybe he just licked the bottom of it over yeah. and over. Right, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's like, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe the butcher might be a little um, queer-coded. I think he might be a little gay. Totally. Totally. Because when he goes into Millie's body, he's totally feeling himself. Feeling and himself. He's, and he's looking at himself in the reflection of the knife. Right. Kind of like a Scream Queens reference. Yeah, yes. And then later on, again, we haven't gotten there yet, but he... Um, there's like he has a really flirtatious moment with, uh, with uh, what the fuck is his name? Booker. Booker. With Booker, where Booker cuts his finger and it's blood and like it's bleeding, and he sucks on his finger. Yes. Like, so I'm like, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean that's also fu- that's also fucking disgusting, but also the little sexy like the outfit choice. The out. Okay. <laughs> This made me laugh. Joey goes, it doesn't really... He's like, how does he know how to do all that makeup and look like that? He's like, he, he doesn't look like he turned into her. He looks like he turned into you. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> 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 or like, or like yeah, she turned into you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's really interesting to me because she's, you know, like more homely and, you know, right. she doesn't really judge herself up. But then when the butcher takes over her body, it's like... Oh, fire. Okay, no. Let me go into this closet and see what's in there. <laughs> yeah. N- the red leather jacket, the lipstick, the hair. I'm like, wow. The, yeah, the butcher is feeling the fantasy, honey. Maybe there's a deeper story to this. There might be some repressed sexuality. Oh, maybe. Kind yeah. Of norm, nor- like Norman Bates. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> we never get a backstory on the butcher. We don't know anything. Ever. We don't know anything about this character, what their what his trauma is. Real. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know anything about the butcher. So honestly, like a like a sort of queer storyline is not out of the question. I don't think. Totally not. Yeah, this could be like a um, Buffalo Bill type of. <laughs> oh <situation>. my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I didn't have to skin her. <laughs> yeah, totally. Also, speaking of like queer coded characters, what do you think about her sister, Millie's sister Shar? Do you think she's a little bit of like a? She's sort of like, but she's a cop, obviously. I mean, she's sort of a butch queen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they don't ever really say. Um, she might just be really, you know. Yeah, she could strong, be. Yeah, and absolutely. But I just think, you know, lesbian. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I see big old Les. Um, I don't know. So I mean, I like uh, the strength in Shar. I do like her. Totally. Her character is very strong, and totally. I think she plays it well too. Yeah, I agree. Whoever the actress is. I know. I kind of think <laughs> she looks like. Kate Bosworth or some, some she looks like another actress but I can't I completely say who I think it is I don't know yeah when Nyla and Josh attempt to ask Millie about her new look they're interrupted by Ryler who wants all the gossip on what happened to Millie the night before after insulting the butcher's looks and the police sketch unknowingly to his face they disappear to the girl's locker room when she doesn't get the gossip she wants Ryler leaves the butcher to go pee when she hears the showers, Ryler discovers Millie as the butcher taking a shower in the girls' locker room. 
When she attempts to flee, she's caught by the butcher as Millie, locked in a cryotherapy chamber and frozen to death later to be discovered by Millie. The butcher then has a run-in with Mr. Bernardi in woodshop class. After flirtatiously licking blood off of Booker's finger, Mr. Bernardi again tries to humiliate her. Meanwhile, Nyla and Josh are chased through the school by Millie as the butcher. Even though she pleads for them to just listen to her, they fight back. Here, Millie discovers her strength as well as the pain of being hit in the balls. When she finally gets a chance, Millie is able to prove her identity to her friends. Together, they discover that the Ladola is an ancient Aztecian knife used in ritual sacrifice. With the help of the Spanish teacher, they learn that Millie has until midnight to retrieve the dagger from the police and stab the butcher with it by midnight, or else the change is permanent. Okay, so this is when we discover that Ryler is like four foot three. <laughs> yeah, she is so tiny. And maybe that's a, one of the things I don't like about her casting is that I don't find her to be the... Intimidating. intimidating I find her to be annoying like annoying like a flea like she's annoying boop, you know <laughs> like like I'm flick her like a flea yeah like I don't <laughs> think this little tiny girl would I don't know she doesn't have like the the usual stature of like the mean girl especially since we are playing into tropes in this film she yeah. sort of doesn't really fit that for me no. Yeah, no, she doesn't. And she's she's not intimidating. She's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, she's like more annoying. Which, but we get the justice from Ryler's death. <laughs> yeah. The, which is a creative kill, but, but obviously also, inspired by Jason X. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what kind of high school has enough money to afford a goddamn cryotherapy chamber in their locker room? know but i think they're out there but teachers can't get <laughs> fucking paid right they can't get a raise right that's why like, that's why mr bernardi's so fucking mad yeah literally <laughs> i would be too i'd be yelling at kids left and right <laughs> i don't get paid yeah, enough to like... do their shit <laughs> yeah, i'm right i do not get paid enough to be here dealing with your bullshit with your late <laughs> ass that, save that fucking attitude for your parents bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> We should never be teachers. I know. (laughs) Never. Or parents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Um, god. So this is where we get, um, you know, we finally have the confrontation where the friends learn about Millie's situation. Again, they're, I mean, they're kind of easily convinced. I mean... What, what else was she supposed to do to convince them? So she does her little uh, mascot cheerleading dance for them. And then then we have the, the sh- handshake and um, some fun questions they ask her in order to realize who she is. Yeah. And then, we, then I, now they're on our side. I, now they become a little unit throughout the movie. Yes. I don't think that I would believe that this is my friend. <laughs> I like, mean, what if he was just stalking her and yeah. figured out the cheers? Hello. The yeah, maybe she watches Pitch Perfect 2 with her window open, you know? Yeah. I kind of got a sense of the parent trap a little bit when they do the handshake. It's like, oh. that's how you know. Oh, that. totally. This is Millie. And I was like, the parent trap. That makes sense. <laughs> that's like, that's sort of like a six degrees kind of thing. It's like, okay, so this is obviously a Freaky Friday thing. Lindsay Lohan was in Freaky Friday, and Lindsay Lohan was also in the parent trap. So let's, uh, let's and keep. And Jamie Lee Curtis is in Freaky Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Wait. That's amazing, too. I didn't even put that, to- yeah. that together. Yeah. 
Yeah, see? This might be the sequel to Freaky Friday. Well, this movie was originally supposed to be called Freaky Friday the 13th. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. The FF13. I'm yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a mouthful, it's, but. It's like that movie, Scream, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Oh, oh yeah. Shriek. <laughs> oh, Shriek. <laughs> Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that once on the USA Network when I was a kid. And oh. I was all, no, this is not yeah, a scary movie. I remember, I remember in that movie, Halloween was took place on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I'm like, what? Stupid. Stupid. Anyway. Um, and then this is when we get the story of Ladola, which we've already talked about. Again, right. I think it's a really cool storyline. And I think that it's delivered brilliantly by the Spanish teacher who is... A character oh, right yeah. out of a novella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I know. What an exaggerated sort of stereotype they make her, but I'm, it's kind but of. But it works so well. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it works great. <laughs> she's sort of like this, like bruja that, like how she speaks and like this, like <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. like elephant. Like she's, <laughs> she's like blessing herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. No, yeah. So then she gives them all they need to know. And also what they say about language classes is probably true. I do not pay a goddamn attention. A set no, of, yeah, a, you could be in Spanish three and not know what the hell you're oh, saying. Oh, I was an AP French. I don't I don't remember anything. Can't speak oh, French. Uh, Voulez-vous que j'avais voir ce soir? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean can I go to the bathroom? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in bed. Um, <laughs> I I also like this kind of okay. So we already kind of talked about the butcher totally embracing his new body as in Millie's body, right. um, and then we kind of get you know the uh, he feels stronger almost I think as Millie, but um, Millie inside of the butcher I think is almost like weaker. Like he's finding like she's well, finding yeah. the weak well, spots in a finding, male body. Yeah, like physically weaker. You know, I think that he's. But but later on, again, we haven't got to this yet. But we do find where he, where he discovers the strengths of being Millie. I think. Yeah. Which, which is something that we will get to when we go on. Uh huh. I know what you're. I know what you're you, getting you, you at. Know, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But it's funny that they can be totally. You know, like Millie discovers that um, man can be totally taken out of his element and yeah. t- torn down by just a kick to the balls. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we have a weak spot. It's not that hard to find. Yeah, I got mine removed. No. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, like a dog. Like a dog. You, you've been neutered, bitch. I was like, I don't even want to risk it. I don't yeah. want any kids. I had mine replaced <laughs> with um, titan- Those little plastic t- titanium ones. <laughs> pong ping pong balls. Oh my god. With a jade yoni egg. You know what those are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just constantly being cleansed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm really strengthening my pelvic floor. <laughs> What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's move on. Millie and her new body is able to intimidate one of the kids who bullied her. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) The butcher, on the other hand, continues his far more vicious approach by attacking Mr. Bernardi after class, stabbing him in the neck with a screwdriver and sawing his body in half, hot dog style, with a (laughs) table saw. (laughs) When Millie, Nyla, and Josh have their first run-in with the butcher, he begins to shriek for help and pointing at the friends who are to the naked eye, standing with the Blissfield butcher. 
The cops chase them from the school. When they escape in Josh's car, they begin to be pursued by Millie's sister, Char, on the road. They escape to Discount Bonanza, where they hide Millie in the dressing room while Char scours the store. Millie's mother, an employee of Discount Bonanza, enters the fitting room and attempts to attend to Millie. After Coral begins to unload a lot of personal feelings about her late husband and her relationship with her daughters, on a total stranger nonetheless, <laughs> she, she is surprised when she is met with so much compassion from the man in the fitting room. The mysterious man. Yeah. <laughs> that bald man. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> yeah. She attempts a bold move, asking Millie on a date, to which Millie quickly shuts down. <laughs> Char pulls her away, and Nyla and Josh drop off an Aaron Rodgers mask for her to wear. <laughs> I, okay, so I love this scene between the mom and Millie, or slash uh, Millie as the butcher. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually really sad and sweet, but I think this is where is. where like the sort of references to a movie like Freaky Friday come in, that sort of wholesome family aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because as much as this is like an homage to horror movies, it's, it's also obviously is an homage to, to a family film called Freaky Friday. That's been remade hundreds of hundreds times. Hundreds of times, Mama. So, um, no, but I think this scene is really... Uh, it's really heartfelt, very strange considering the fact that she does not know this person in the fitting room and she's just barfing out her feelings to him. I would be very uncomfortable, mm. but in this situation where, you know, it's actually her daughter, it, um, it seems a little less weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's I, I actually like Coral's performance in this. Yeah. When she kind of like leans against the door of the fitting room, she's like, oh, you're just so easy to talk to. <laughs> Oh, she's probably drunk at work too. <laughs> she's like can't stand up. Like leaning on the wall. Yeah, she's had too many, too many of uh, those little individual shots in her in her apron. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, okay, so this also this chunk of the movie is also where Mr. Bernardi meets his death. Good riddance. Yeah, good riddance, Mr. Brown. That's, I mean, Mr. Bernardi. That's <laughs> that scene is so crazy because he's obviously does not know that this is there's like the soul or whatever of a murderer, murderous adult in this little girl, but he just does not care and just full on beats the shit out of her. I was like, oh my. He beats the living fuck out of her. I was like, this is fucking inappropriate. This Even is... if she was trying to kill you, yeah, that's like, not how you handle yeah, it. Yeah, he just like full on just kicks her in the stomach like three times and, you know, and he's like, self defense, self defense. And I'm like, bitch, what? She's a, a young girl. Yes. Sir. I, I know. It, this is crazy. It's cringy, almost. Like, it's, like, cringy. Like, seeing a grown man beat the fuck out of a little girl, it's like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa, you have issues. And honestly, you deserve to be um, hot dog style sliced in half. Yeah, uh, that I would say that that scene is justice. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Sure. Especially when it goes right down the middle. And the camera, the camera just being right at the top of his head and you just see the body split open. Yeah. It's like some Mortal Kombat shit. Like, it's like that <laughs> it is, is aggressive. It <laughs> is. And you know what's funny? This isn't the first hot dog style um, death we have talked about on this podcast because of the Evil Dead episode. <laughs> yeah. And also this death is very, very similar to the death of 
the character of Syl in Tragedy Girls, I will say. I was thinking that too. I was like, this is very Tragedy Girls. I yeah. feel like Michael Kennedy watches the same movies we do. Oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that, that sort of table saw moment is almost identical to the Tragedy Girls one. But we'll let it slide because we love that movie. And so we'll say it's an homage to that. Yeah, yeah. And um, Josh's car license. Oh my God. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Oh my God. I was was like, wait, I was going to get that. It was funny because uh, when I watched this movie in theaters, I had to pee. And uh, because they sell beer. Do they sell beer at your movie theater? Uh, Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah, I had a beer. Anyways, that's besides the point. I had to pee. And so, um, this is the point where I got up and went to the bathroom. And when I came back, I said, what did I miss? And um, Andre's cousin goes, oh, you missed, uh, they pulled up to a store and Josh's license plate was, hey, bitch. (laughs) I was like, okay, I didn't miss much. (laughs) As they leave Discount Bonanza, they discover that the butcher is at an arcade with the school jocks who used to tease Millie, including Booker. The jocks decide to throw their own homecoming, and the butcher suggests that they use the old mill, the place Millie woke up as the butcher. The friends arrive and attempt to ambush the butcher in the haunted maze, and save Booker who has gone to talk to Millie. Millie knocks the butcher unconscious and stops Booker from running off by knocking him out as well. The friends head to Josh's house where they've tied up the butcher to a chair and Millie confesses to Booker about the dagger situation, while the butcher once again plays victim to try and convince Booker otherwise. Millie recites a poem she left for him in his locker and he is instantly convinced. Oh, sweet. Um, One thing I forgot to mention about Ladola, because you just said dagger, um, was its similarity to me uh, to like that voodoo knife that Chucky uses in the first child play movie. Oh yeah, that's, it's totally a reference to that. Yeah, right? Okay, so anyway, that's besides the point, but um, Millie, so this is where we learn that the butcher has adapted very well in Millie's body. Yes, yes. He's, he's, uh, we didn't really talk about this in the last thing, but yeah, so now he's like realized that there's a power in being a young girl in that you can uh, play to people's sympathy. Like the butcher, ain't, mm-hmm. he's not stupid. He's a smart guy, surprisingly. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so now he's like using this like manipulation. Whereas, so I think that's a really interesting. Um, commentary on like the strengths of men and women men have a very physical strong presence that's what millie sort of discovers from being in the body of the butcher and what uh yeah and what uh the butcher discovers about being in a young girl's body is the power of manipulation um you know that girls are just inherently better at i don't know making people do what they want them to do or you know Manipulation. Yeah, Yeah. right. Totally. And um, I think that's really fun. I think that, and it's a really clever way to do it. Yeah, because um, obviously men have, some men, I don't, but some men have this physical strength where they have more, (laughs) more (laughs) physical, or they have the ability at least to be physically stronger than a woman. Sure. Most, most, most of the time, half the time, more than half the time. Yeah, no, sure. Um, but as far as the women, women have this power just in general of being smarter, yeah. of being stronger, like internally. Yeah. Um, they have much more like, and like, yeah, better sense of self and like more in tune with their emotions. 
Exactly. Expressing their emotions, being in tune with their emotions. And that allows for them to be able to manipulate everyone else around them. Other women, men, everybody. Yeah, totally. And so I think that's a really cool... um, the like device for uh, the butcher be, to be able to use to like to where he's still obviously powerful he's still committing these murders but um he's using a you know his secret weapon it's not the knife or it's not the whatever he uses it's it's the mind it's the mind yes so his i love that mind. i love that um so then we have the scene where they're tied up she tries to manipulate or he Oh, this is so it's so confusing you know so the butcher tries to manipulate booker into thinking that it's that all the friends are crazy and uh, mother 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 <laughs> and then um he's convinced because of a poem that millie left in his locker and i thought that scene was also very cute you yeah know, it's the, super the, cute the fact that booker would remember the poem and that that would you know that because yes. it's from her I think that's very sweet. I think it's a very sweet story. My favorite moment from that scene where he's tied up uh, is when, you know, the butcher as Millie, or the wait, the Millie as, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Millie as the butcher when Vince Vaughn, okay, is is, um, explaining to him, he goes, I mean, that's obviously not me. Have you ever seen me dress like that? I mean, do you like that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Right, because like, yeah, he just plays so well into that like awkward, awkward teenage girl thing. It's so good. And you know what? I saw a lot of like comparison to Jack Black in Jumanji. But they're like, oh, I think Ju- I think Jack Black played it better. But I'm like, they're playing two different kinds of girls. The character yeah. that Jack Black plays in Jumanji, she's like the Ryler character. She's like, you know, she's like the vapid kind of bitch stereotype. Yeah. And Millie's not that. She's an awkward, mousy teenager who lacks self-confidence. And yeah. so I, I don't think that either one plays one better. I think they're just playing two different characters. They are playing two different characters. I would say, though, however, Jack Black's performance in Jumanji is more elevated. Like, it's sure. more... Go- I think that Vince Vaughn's approach to playing Millie is more genuine. Sure. Okay. Like, That's I fair. believe that he is Millie. Yeah. He's, and in Jack Black, in Jumanji, you're just like, these are these people they're trying to be character actors you know they're right trying, it's like they're acting right but in this one it's more of a genuine it seems more genuine right so i would say this performance is better to be honest all right work yeah i don't know i don't i don't think either one is better than the other i think both are great but um i was like I, don't, I, I was like i don't think i don't think there is <laughs> i don't think it's fair to compare them i think they're both no they're two different characters right totally Oh, oh, the okay. First of all, where is this mini golf? Because I would totally go there. Also, what the um, yeah, what the fuck place has a haunted maze? I was I like, know, I love it. I, I, was, <laughs> I was just confused. I was like, I don't think this exists. So, <laughs> no, I'm totally not. But <laughs> I do like the scene where she's hanging out with these jogs. Oh, uh, yeah, you love hanging line. out with these jogs. I love that line. It's uh, because it's so like whoa <laughs> yeah it's very well left field when that jock is coming on to millie and grabs her um, ass yeah grabs her ass and she leans in real close to his ear and says your touch makes this pussy drier than sandpaper you fucking monkey it's like oh my god <laughs> i don't it's like whoa i don't know if i love the use of the word monkey i wish she probably would have said something else but like 
I think fucking monkey, you fucking monkey, is kind of like it's funny. Yeah. But it is ra- it's, it's random. It's random. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay. You fucking monkey. <laughs> you fucking monkey. I, th- I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's the use of the word again, the the p word, if you will. Um, that I, it, it's like, cringe. I don't know why. I don't know why it's cringy. I mean, you know, use it if you want. You know, but it, it's just like it takes me off guard. When it's used so aggressively. Yeah. Pussy. Yeah. But like when I hear it in rap songs by by you know female <laughs> rappers, I'm like I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in this context, it's like No, <laughs> no. You're a man. You're a man in a woman's body. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so did from the poem part of it, did you kind of get like a Carrie Tommy oh, Ross vibe? Oh yeah, it's like the poem that he that he that you know, Tommy Ross. Over. Yeah. He was like, No, I liked your poem. She's like, What? She's like, everybody else thought it was weird. He's like, I liked it. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, totally. That's totally a Carrie reference, I would say. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, a- another aggressive part. This right, see, the writing sometimes I feel like is too aggressive. Mm. Um, when Millie, um, as you know, the butcher, uh, talks shit about the poem and calls her a cunt. Oh, I mean, but I, I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know that's the thing. That's the, <laughs> I I feel like one of the things that is weird about this movie is that I think the kills are very rated R. I think the language in it is very rated R, but I feel like the tone of this movie is very PG-13, and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't yes. mesh well, you know? It, it doesn't completely cohesively come together because it's like this looks like a like a cartoony PG-13 film, more like yeah. more of course obviously along the lines of Happy Death Day, which is a PG-13 horror film, but it's like right. but for some reason they they were able to go further with the language and the kills, but it's it, it's sort of jarring. You know, it's like it is. It's like it'd it be. It's, it's like, like watching your favorite cartoon characters be like, "You fucking cunt!" It's like, "Oh my, yeah, my god, whoa, yeah." Whoa. It's like, "My god, wow, yeah." And so I think that you know, PG thirteen horror movies or slasher movies, they get this really bad. You know, I remember when this movie was announced, they were like. I mean, it looks good, but you know, it's gonna be PG thirteen, which is gonna suck. Right. And, you know, da, da, da. and it, and then when it was rated R, everybody was like celebrating it, like I can't wait. Right. You know. So, and then we get it, and it's and it is kind of like there's this weird unbalance in it where you're like, Ew. yeah, like, where, like, like where should this live? Should this live in a more rated R place? Like, would that have helped it, or should they have just kind of cut all that out? Especially since we. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, yeah. Was it necessary to go that far? I prefer this. I think it's enjoyable. I like the elevated violence. I think the language could have been toned down just to, just a tad. Right. Because it comes across as a little uh, forced. forced. Yes. I agree. I agree there. Yeah. Like like, like they're like, Oh, we have, we have the capability of making R rated. Let's go for it. And it's like, "Eh, I didn't need it. You know? Yeah, I didn't need the language. I, I, I think the the reason these movies like Happy Death Day could have benefited from the rated R thing is just solely kills. for the kills. Sure, totally. uh, that's it. No violent, you know, or no set. I don't. We need, don't need sex. We don't need nudity. We don't need language. Yeah, it's too. It's too. It's too jarring. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So the friends then decide to make a plan to steal back the dagger from the police. They nominate Josh to stay with the apprehended butcher and head off. 
At the police station, Nyla heads inside as Millie and Booker have a chance to connect. Ooh. Millie, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so Millie confesses she feels empowered in the butcher's body since she spent her life being bullied. Nyla puts on a performance claiming the butcher kidnapped them and he's outside the station, which is empty. Josh's mom returns home and finds the butcher as Millie tied up. And in an attempt to thwart his mother, he tells her he is straight and that they are role-playing. She obviously doesn't believe him. The butcher breaks free and the two flee out into the pantry. Nyla is caught by Shar trying to steal the knife while Booker and Millie, as the butcher, share a kiss in the back seat. Oh, how romantic. How romantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So the Booker and Millie connecting. Oh, that is such a like a sweet scene. I don't know why I'm so it like is. invested in their romance, but I really am. It's a really cool narrative too about like kind of being, you know, your body almost like invisible and it's just yeah. like two souls connecting. Totally. You know, yeah. Because like it's on a level. Yeah, it's like nice to know that he's not just like physically attracted to her. Like it's not about that for him. It's the fact. It's who she is. That is what she is. Her soul, her poetry, yeah. all of it. I know. I love. And they that. even kiss. I I, I was so Which, surprised that they went there. I was like, work. Okay, good. Good for you, Vince Vaughn. But also, it's like borderline creepy because he's an adult man and this is a high school student. But I'm like, uh, I'm, yeah. And he looks like a high school student. It's not like oh, a I know. 30 year old playing a high school student. It's like, yeah, a, yeah. A this student. ain't like a Matthew Lillard situation. This is like. This yeah. is like a, you know what I'm saying? This is like a full on like <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like these characters are obviously very young. And young. so but I was like, do you know what? I mean I'm sure the kid was eighteen years old, but it's like at least, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I think it's it's, it's I was it's like, cool. wow, you guys went there. No, it's absolutely cool. <laughs> and, and I think that's that fearless thing about Vince Vaughn's performance that I really admire in this. Um, you know, not that there's anything to be afraid of kissing boy, yeah. boys kissing but yeah. i mean you know I, <laughs> I know i was like are they gonna kiss fuck no i was like ew gay. <laughs> <laughs> no i do like those I, I do like the little touches of like innocence where he's like um do you mind if i sit back there with you like you know this is like awkward you know like just to get a little bit closer yeah <laughs> it's like, there's like really little, good like, like awkward teenage banter it's so cute yeah it's really cute yeah and, and then they kiss again, and then she's Bond like, does it very genuinely yeah and then they kiss oh, and he's no. like it's can we do this later when my hands on as big as your face um yeah you know i think that whole thing is really cute yeah. and um, i love it <laughs> it's funny because he uses his hand to kind of like <laughs> almost like to block like that stage yeah. thing where you have yes oh yeah you, you don't actually i think ever see like contact i don't think maybe like a no. little bit a little bit, yeah. Like it's know. very brief. It's very yeah, brief. brief. Yeah, totally, totally. So then we have that rid- this ridiculous scene with Josh, where his mother comes home and finds um, the butcher tied up, and you know, he- I feel like this is a little bit of a, like an obvious joke, where he's like, yeah. "We're role playing," and then he's like, Ma-, and then he sort of does the reverse uh, coming out. He's like, Mom, I'm straight. And she's like, yeah, I'm fucking right. You're not straight. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I thought that scene was, um, at first I was like, that's funny. But the second time I saw it, I was like, that's cheap. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's sort of my, probably my least favorite of the gags involving Josh. 
it's that whole that whole thing like when he's like we're role playing and then the butcher kind of looks up at him and is like hmm? huh? I'm like we don't need this like sitcom setup right like, it's, exactly <laughs> yeah stupid but I do like that he's watching uh, the Real Housewives of New York <laughs> when yeah. when the, when Countess Luann almost falls off that horse or whatever she's on, that shit, yeah. that shit was so funny. And I was like, "That's a great moment for them to be." She's like screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so like a I horror do. movie, but it's just the Real Housewives. I like I I think it's funny. I don't know if it's the way it's filmed or the angle of the camera, but when uh, they're the camera's kind of like behind the butcher. And then he just dart like gets up and like oh, runs yeah. after them and then like, screaming and running. It, yeah. it just looks really funny to me. It I'm is. Like, this it's, is funny. It's sort of like funny. It's like the boogeyman, like ooh, yeah. just, like running. Right. Um, I know his poor mother. She has no idea what's going on. She's like gonna be traumatized. Yeah, she comes home and our fucking Millie tries to kill her. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> uh, so um, I think that brings us to our final, our final act. The butcher shows up at the police station. Millie tries to intervene, but Charlene holds her up, but Millie overpowers her and locks her in a cell instead, allowing the butcher to get away with the knife. When the butcher arrives at the old mill homecoming, he immediately makes a mess of the team of jocks who attempt to gang rape him, slaughtering them all. The friends arrive at the dance and search for the butcher, and Booker has Millie set an alarm on her Apple watch for midnight. Josh is taken aside by a closeted jock who attempts to make a move on him. When Josh rejects him, he's hooked in the eye by the butcher and dragged through the wall. That's the jock, not Josh. Millie arrives, and she and the butcher have a final showdown. Just as Millie has the upper hand, her watch rings midnight. However, taking Booker's previous suggestion, Millie's watch is five minutes ahead. She stabs him, and they switch back immediately. The police apprehend the butcher by shooting him. Everything seems to be back to normal. Millie and Booker share a real kiss, and Millie returns to normal family life. In a final twist, the butcher escapes the ambulance and attacks Millie one last time in her house. After Millie and her family come together to fight him off, it's Millie who has the final blow when she kicks him in the balls and stabs him with a piece of broken wood, claiming, I am a fucking piece. The end. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> wow. We're already at the end of the movie. I know. Um, it is actually a pretty quick moving film. It is quick moving. And again, very formulaic because we totally. have the party. The party. It always ends with a dance. Dance, a party, you know. And then there's a false ending. So this yes. is obviously from the from the Bible of Scream 4. <laughs> right. From the Scream Bible itself. Um, but I think it... This final confrontation, I don't know, to me seems like slightly rushed, but like not like the worst thing ever. You know, we we have, you know, a little bit of an elevated kill count because we get like that great scene where the butcher knocks off all the jocks, you know, which I think is really fun. But I mean, using a familiar tool like a chainsaw. Right. Yeah. We get a use of a chainsaw. We have a hook that happens, which is, and I know easy last summer. You know, yeah. reference. We have the chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference. Um, I think it's a cool. I think what's a cool one is, yeah, they try to gang rape Millie's body, and so the butcher just fucking slices them off. I think that's very like, yes, yes, justice. it's empowering. And you know what? Maybe the butcher, yeah, because the butcher's like not about to be gang raped by these fools. And maybe, yeah. maybe the butcher, <laughs> maybe the butcher has learned something about what it means to be a girl and what it means to be yeah. vulnerable and. Um, you know what? Even I thought the, you were going to do a monologue. Even the butcher. 
has you know has learned something at the end of the day which is you know <laughs> just like a family movie should be everybody learns a lesson yeah um and then also of course when josh uh you know i forgot that fucking character's name but when that jock that comes on to josh oh god um and then he's like faggot and then the hook <laughs> just comes through and just Gets him running like, like, yeah, who's the who, Hell yeah. who's the faggot now? Yeah. <laughs> who's the faggot? <laughs> Did you scream that in the movie theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bitch. That's what I thought, bitch. <laughs> uh, I know that, that scene is also really random. I wish there was a little bit more of a setup. Is, is there a setup? Does that no, there isn't. I, the only time, the only other time you really see that character put into play is when he's showing off his fucking doghouse that he made oh, right. in the woodshop class. You know what? I think there's, there's nothing there's between that, them. There's that line in the beginning when we first meet Josh where he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to the homecoming dance because I want to take advantage of all the, all the drunk straight guys who, who after a few shots, whatever, become curious or so he says something along those lines and then fluid. Or yeah. Something. And Nyla says like, that sounds a little rapey. And he's like, well, Sal, do you see the options in this town? So I guess maybe that's the, mm-hmm. our previous, reference to this moment but i wish there was something more specific that we could have seen where we're like oh no here's the situation again so it's not so out of left field or we're like oh what why is this important why is you know i don't know it doesn't seem like an important moment in josh's arc it just sort of seems misplaced in there to comment on something but it doesn't right you know exactly it's it's like literally just for like queer justice right but doesn't really serve the plot by any means by any means it's just a fun kill i mean okay. because it is a fun kill the hook going yeah. into the eye and then he just gets pulled out right. of off screen right and the millie k- comes walking through yeah the kill is the, or the butcher yeah the kill is the best part of that whole sequence i would say <laughs> yeah it's you know it just plays into those underrepresented groups getting seeing their justice played out on yeah. film and the dl boys having that one moment yeah the, DL <laughs> the unrepresented community of dl boys <laughs> i even wrote down i'm like you know these kills especially in this part these kills are super satisfying as horrible as it sounds yeah <laughs> since they like, are like, teenagers it is yeah, but at the end, you're kind of like, fuck yeah. And you're like, yeah, do you know what? Who doesn't want to watch their bullies murdered? And you know what? That's maybe a reference to Carrie, too. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody would guess that. <laughs> yeah. This is obviously from the rage, Carrie, too. No, I just meant Carrie as well, not Carrie to the rage. Oh, <laughs> or the rage carry carry no <laughs> i was thinking the rage carry too because you know the jocks uh, like have that that book where they write scores next to the girls names oh god i mean maybe hey why not i would <laughs> there's so many references in this movie if the rage carry too is a reference i would not be surprised <laughs> yeah uh oh my god oh there's another one in here um Oh, um, we're not there yet. Never mind. What do you mean? Kind of, we finished the movie. We're at the end. Uh, no. <laughs> I know. No. Okay. So I was thinking about um, the the leg going through him. It's kind of like a but she kicks it into him. It's kind of like, like a Buffy. Buffy moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know what? That's probably a really good reference because Buffy's um, 
you know the whole sort of main thesis about Buffy is about giving like young teenage girl power and so it, they do sort of coexist you know Millie now has yeah. has found a new power within herself she's found self-confidence I guess and she and she's learned something about kicking ass and so yeah no totally I would say that's Buffy which it kicks I do kind of feel like that second ending too where we finally get the Blissfield Butcher actually dying yeah um, it's sort of like Halloween 2018-ish you mm. know where it's like Three yeah, the, women, the, the three, three women yeah, coming together. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. And I like that moment. I think it's a really empowering moment where women find strength. Un- you know, unfortunately, just because physically, you know, a lot of the time they're not as strong as men, but um, they find strength in each other. Like that's where feminine strength can come in to play and really kick men's ass. And I think that's a great yeah. moment. And the, oh my god, but so, that fight scene is intense. And poor Coral, yeah, she gets decked right in the face. And I was like, oh <laughs> my <laughs> god! I was, I literally was like, Jesus Christ! He just punched that that lady right in the face. Punched that her mom, lady, Coral. <laughs> he punched Coral right in her fucking face. Coral, I know. And I do kind of like that, you know, she she does use her experience being in the butcher's body to to overcome. Like, there's one thing I've learned about being, you know, having balls sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, see, she's smart, too. We say girls are smart. She was, she was constantly adapting, learning. And in the end, it saved her ass because she just need that fool in the balls. Stabbed him through yeah. the whatever. And, um, and went along her merry way. And so there is also this moment where, you know, Millie's like, it's at the, when they're at the old mill still and they're, they're passing the knife off and she's like, let's hope no one ever gets that, their hands on that again. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I can totally see Ladola carrying on a franchise. Oh, totally. Yeah. Ladola. Freaky 2. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Freaky 2. <laughs> <laughs> the Rage Freaky 2. Ladola. <laughs> the Rage Freaky 2. Ladola. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, hey, this was a pretty successful film. I would not be surprised if we got a freaky two, but um, I mean, if we got a happy death day two, I, I'm sure they're probably down to to do freaky two. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, and maybe the mom's name will be Opal. Oh my god! <laughs> Why did I, I go there? I don't know. Um, I also have to say that the ending credits, that the, the title cards overall were really fun. The, yeah. the Friday the 13th font, how big it was. And then the ending credits, uh, the that, what do they call that? The credit Title card. card. Yeah, like. It's not like, like design. There's some, it's like specific. Sure. Title card design or something. Anyway, anyway, okay. um, the credits are fun. I like the juxtaposition of like fun, bright colors, and then they like rip. And yeah, like, the bloody that's cute. mess behind it. Yeah, it's really. Cute. I also th- think that that um, <clears throat> that abrupt ending after she says, "I'm a fucking piece." It uh, it really to me harkens back to like Evil Dead, that Sam Raimi sort of thing with like the the quick, ah, like you know, like sort of that drag yeah. me to hell. <laughs> Yeah, all this, yeah, you know, you're like, whoa! It's like that startle moment. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I think that's probably. A, I mean, I don't know, but I would say it's a reference to Evil Dead. Yeah. So overall, how many stars would you give this film? Um, I would give it, but like out of ten, out of five, what? <laughs> five. 
<laughs> ten, damn. Ten stars. <laughs> Hundred ten, stars. Ten glittering gold stars. <laughs> um, out of five stars, I would probably give this a three. I think I find three. it. Yeah, I find it enjoyable. I don't find it to be like my favorite movie I've ever watched. Um, I do think it's fun. I think it's really well made. I love the references. I think the performances are great. Like I said, I love Vince Vaughn in this movie. I think he he like tickles my feels. I don't know if that's the fucking word, but you know, I don't know. I think where are he- these feels in your butthole? <laughs> <bell? No, Jay. laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's yours at? <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I think they're something about the sort of formula of it doesn't really put it super high in my ranks just like oh yeah it followed mm. the, it, it was it's a great homage piece but to me it's not like a great standout film personally fun okay fun but like yeah. not anything more than that to me i would give it a 4 i'm going to be a little more generous i would give it a 4 just because i find it to be extremely fun but I also yeah. think that it's because I love slasher movies, but I particularly love Freaky Friday, like the the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan one. Right. So like seeing that kind of, it's that random meeting of the two, it's like, I really enjoy this setup. I sure. think it's really cool. The concept is super fun and I don't think that it misses the mark in any way. Maybe some no. like character things here and there, maybe some writing things here and there, but other than that, like, yeah. I, I do think it hits all the marks. I just, you know, I don't think yeah. that it's like a, I think the concept of the, bring them two together is great, but I don't think overall what happens is any sort of you know huge, huge. It's deal. not groundbreaking in no, any no, way. No. no, no, no. It's not new. It's not. It doesn't try to introduce any kind of new slasher rule or regulation. No. Um, and you know what? It doesn't need to really. You know, because Happy Death Day kind of I feel did did that in a way. Right. Right. And, and I don't I, think we really need to see it with something that almost has like a similar tone. It's like, yeah, just leave it, you know, leave it alone. I do like this idea that um, Christopher Landon, he like takes these, that he like likes to mesh these overdone sort of tropes or not tropes, but like movie concepts and adds like a slasher vibe. Like, you know, the Happy Death Day is obviously like a Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. You know, and then this is like Freaky Friday. Like what's next? What? What? Do you, yeah. Like what? What could That's be exciting. the next? What's the next sort of like a Star Is Born slasher movie? <laughs> Ooh, I know. It does make you wonder. Like, what else? I yeah, love like, that. I didn't yeah. even think about that, to be honest. Yeah. It's, wow. Who knows? Hmm. The possibilities are endless. But I do. Li- I do like that trend. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh huh. So you give it three stars. I give it four. Um. And that's and, all. I mean, that's, that's all she much- wrote. That's all she fucking. Wrote. I know. All right. Well, um. Th- so this has been really fun, like doing this new concept. Do you ha- have you enjoyed yourself today? I think I have. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy myself today. Hey, so if you like this format, let us know. You can let us know on any one of our various social media platforms. We uh, have Instagram, so find us at fearthetalkingqueers.com. You can email us, uh, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. You can uh, visit our website 
www.fearthetalkingqueers.com. Um, and that's about it. I think that's where you can find us. Right? Yeah. Welcome back to season two. I know. Uh, we are <laughs> so happy to be back. This is going to be so fun. Um, we're happy to be so back with fun. all of you. Keep sending us messages. We love getting to know all of you. And um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I think it's going to be yeah. sweet. We have some exciting things coming up. Some good ass movies to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Some, some, some other projects that we might be working on. Yes, <laughs> yes. Non uh, horror episodes. Yes, absolutely. And also, thank you so much for all the positive feedback about our Christmas special finale. Um, that was really nice to hear yeah. that, that people Jake, really enjoy that. Jake loves to hear about how much you guys enjoy his voice. So <laughs> keep on listening to that episode and giving him blowing smoke up his ass no. Thanks. yes <laughs> Just kidding. please i love it no my ego is uh it, it craves it so <laughs> <laughs> he needs it or he'll die <laughs> yes exactly i'm like tinkerbell you clap until i fucking don't die anymore <laughs> 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 all right y'all well i think we will see you next time sweet screams bitch Hey! <laughs>